Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I was sent a piece of video this morning. Uh, Some of you may have seen, a lot of you probably haven't seen it. And I have to tell you, it's really heartbreaking um, to watch. You know, what they've done to our kids, and uh, it really speaks to how badly we've degenerated as a society having to deal with this other side. Really, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to open up the show with that, even given everything's going on with the Biden speech. We'll cover that. I have a different perspective. I'm not going to just do the standard media coverage on the speech. Oh, it was terrible. Biden sucked. Yeah, we get it. Why does it matter? That's what we're going to talk about. We got that and a lot more. Um, a lot of material. Yesterday was the first really busy news day in a long time, given the disastrous Biden presser, um, CNN, uh, media people trying to cover for him today. I'll show you that. It's, uh, but even there, quietly admitting most of the speech was a total abomination. Okay, uh, that and more and the five big problems for Biden going forward. Omaha Steaks, we love Omaha Steaks. Tony's getting a little jealous uh, because he hasn't gotten his Omaha Steaks burgers. Omaha, we got to take care of Tone. Big Tone, hook the hook a brother up. The Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale is here. Get 50% off site-wide. Save on mouth-watering favorites today. Go to omahasteaks.com. Shop the semi-annual sale where you can load up on all the delicious flavor you, flavor you crave at half the price. And when you use my promo code Bongino at checkout, you'll get an extra $30 off your order. Say big on delicious, tender, juicy steaks, big, beefy burgers, and uh, all, all kinds of delicious food. So much more there. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless value. With every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee because the food's amazing. That's why. Simply go to omahasteaks.com. Shop the semi-annual sale today. Don't forget to use the promo code Bongino at checkout and get an extra $30 off your order. Hurry, because this deal won't last long. Kickstart your spring grilling today. That's omahasteaks.com. Promo code Bongino at checkout. Minimum purchase and restrictions may apply. Visit omahasteaks.com for details. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. All right, Joe. Busy day. Let's go. Do not flee. Yes, that's right, my friend. Joe was listening yesterday to the... uh, Biden yeah. thing as well. What an abomination. And uh, usually you would lead the show with that, given the um, severity of the news that came out of it. And I do mean severity. There were some things he said yesterday that uh, um, should be global international news. Some of it is. But I want to lead with this first. This video was sent to me this morning. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listen, there's a lot going on, obviously. But um, I'm getting goosebumps. I haven't even talked about it yet. What? What they've done to our kids in this COVID crisis is entirely unforgivable. And I mean that in the literal sense of the word, meaning I, I can't, you know, I know we're supposed to get forgive for a lot of things, but forgiveness requires some sense of redemption, right? And recognition of a problem. If someone's punching you in the face, I can say, I forgive you. And then when they punch you again, they can say, I can forgive you. Sooner or later, you have to stop them from punching you. We can work on the redemption factor later while I control you, right? The problem with what they've done to our kids in this COVID crisis with these mandates, these lockdowns, these masking and all this other garbage that we've done is there's no recognition that a mistake was even made and the doubling and tripling down on hurting our kids has begun. I want you to see the real results of this. This Here's a video from GB News. They have this student on. She's a teen and she's talking about in the beginning. I had to cut portions of it out in the beginning, but the rest is unedited. Um, She's just talking about with the masking and the lockdowns and the canceling of exams and everything, all of this to mitigate a virus with very low lethality for these kids and teens, what it's done to them. And she breaks down, and I want you to listen to every single second of this. And again, ask yourself, was it worth it throwing our kids under the bus for this? Check this out. 
You're in schools to learn. And the damage that they have done to my generation has been unbelievable. Like we sat, I sat there in, in August. The damage what's done? That they've done to the rest of our lives, to our education. I sat there in August and literally watched my future crumble in front of my eyes. Because Tell me why. Well, they cancelled my exams. So I got my exams cancelled once, went back and thought, no, you know what, this is not on. I'm not getting screwed over by the algorithm. I'm better than this. Got there, they cancelled them again. And I thought, nothing I can do anymore. So I, this makes me so angry. It literally ruined our lives. And nobody, sp- nobody spoke about it at all. And the commentators, they had union reps come on and say, this is what the school should have put in place. And they didn't care about what this did to us. And this is the first time I've ever spoken about it on TV because I knew that I'd cry about it. But I literally watched and felt like my entire life was falling apart because of what this government did to young people. And nobody cares. Not one person has cared about children in this pandemic. They think, oh, let's throw... Why are we putting masks on them where people can go to football stadiums and they can go to theatres and play Nadim Zahawi sitting there at the teaching awards with no masks and yet we're disrespecting kids. This pandemic will finish. The damage this has done for us is forever. And we'll never get it back. I mean... That's one of the most troubling bits of video audio I've seen in a long time. It was sent to me this morning. What does it say about, not us, we've been questioning the handling of this COVID from the beginning, but what does it say about them? The liberals, the swampy Republicans, and the Democrats all in on destroying the lives of teens and kids to give themselves some affirmation that they were on the right side or wrong, even though they were on the wrong side. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying the wrong. I just, I'm so like, I even say it like, which I never say. I'm really kind of discombobulated about this whole thing. I'm serious. I got goosebumps talking about because I really, what does it say about the future of us as some kind of collective society moving forward in the United States and around the world when loyalty to an ideology, this pernicious liberal ideology is more important than your own family and kids. I don't know about you. Um, I can't speak to anyone else's situation, but I know when I look at my daughter, I sent her off to school this morning, my youngest, my, uh, my oldest, she does her own thing. She's 18. She's not gone yet. But when I watch her go to school, I see every, every, that's all that matters to me. Your whole world changes when you have children. Every single decision you make is different. The world takes hostages. It's all about them. The things you would have done when you were younger, you'll no longer do because your kids are all that matters to you. All that matters. So I look at my role as a father to two daughters as the most important thing. All of this other stuff, I love being here with you, but this would go tomorrow morning if it was you or them. And I know you'd feel the same way. And that we did this to our kids, I think is hard evidence of a collapse of even basic dignity. And I wonder how as a society we can move forward when what we're dealing with on the other side are people who've reached such a level of pathology that they're willing to destroy their kids' lives to make a political point. Folks, it's, it's not just there. This war on our kids, this war on teens, this war on science. There are doctors out there, good folks trying to save people's lives from this disease, which can be deadly for some, thankfully not for many but can be deadly for some, especially with comorbidities. And the doctors are now being targeted too. You have to wonder if my adage 
that we think the left are people with bad ideas, but the left thinks we're bad people with ideas. Some people have said, Dan, isn't it time to start to question that? Maybe we are genuinely dealing with bad people. And you know what? You're correct. Maybe we are. Maybe we really are dealing with genuinely awful people. Here, look at this story. Greg Piper, just the news. Be in my newsletter today if you want to check it out. Medical boards across the country are now suspending doctors. Order, and they ordered a neuropsychological evaluation for COVID claims echoed by mainstream scientists. Medical boards across the country basically sending doctors to the scientific gulag, putting the scarlet letter that Hester printing them because they dare to prescribe things like ivermectin or tell their patients about some of the risks of the vaccine for younger men, specifically with the Moderna. You're given a neuropsychological evaluation. These are the kinds of things years ago that if I told you were happening in the United States, that we were going to destroy the lives of our kids and we were going to destroy the careers and reputations of doctors, for kids just trying to learn and for doctors trying to save people's lives, you would say to yourself, no, not even the liberals. They're not willing to do that. Folks, not only willing, they are loving it. They're enjoying every minute of this. And as I said, I believe in redemption and the power of forgiveness, but not for people who don't want to be forgiven because they think they're wrong is right. These are very dangerous people. I really wish this was a hyperbolic exaggeration for effect segment. Sadly, it is not. You just watched it. And I just showed you the story of what's happening. None of this is a conspiracy theory. This is some actor. There's a real teen girl talking about what her and her friends feel. And the left doesn't care. They don't care. Their own insecurities about this virus are being taken out and weaponized to destroy the lives of their kids and medical professionals. I've never seen anything like it, ever. All right, let's move on to the speech yesterday. And I had to start with that. It really caught me by surprise this morning, how uh, emotional it was. So, you know, I went on Fox primetime last night with my good friend, Pete Hegseth. He'll be on my Fox show this weekend, too. We do a regular appearance because uh, we enjoy each other's company. And he's, he's, uh, he's, a good he's a good analyst of what's going on. But I said to him last night about Biden's disastrous press conference. And folks, listen, if he did a decent job, I would tell you, say, listen, we need to be concerned. The guy's building his political capital. Here's what we need to be concerned about. Well, you know, whatever. It was awful. Okay, let's just be clear. The presser was awful. Um, he filibustered. He never gave a clear answer. And here's the thing here about politics in your land. This Remember this rule. I wouldn't say it's one of my golden rules, but it's a good one. It's a silver rule. The most destructive political narratives out there are the ones that destroy a pre-existing notion of who someone is, right? So I'll give you an example. Like, uh, if you were to find out that, say, Ted Cruz, um, he's not, I'm just giving you an example, was a member of like a satanic temple, it would pretty much be the end of Ted Cruz, right? Why? Yeah. Because, you know, Ted Cruz, a Christian, you know it, and he tells people that, and he runs as a, uh, as a conservative Christian, right? That would be a damaging narrative. Now, I'll give you another example of what's not a damaging narrative because it doesn't change any pre-existing notion of who a candidate is. Trump, during the campaign, he kept putting out these stories, you know, Trump, he had, you know, he, he did this with the ladies and that with the ladies and all this other stuff happened. And the reason that didn't do a lot of damage, I'm just giving you the political realities of what happened, 
was because Trump had already been on Howard Stern and all these shows and already had discussed a lot of this stuff with his party lifestyle earlier in his life. You get my point, Joe. Is that making sense? You, guys, you know, it's like here's yeah. a, the, the pre-existing yeah. notion of who these guys were was never changed by the narrative du jour. Well, that works in the other way as well. The most damaging political narratives are the ones that change your notion of who someone is. That works the opposite way, too. If you have a pre-existing notion of a candidate or a politician like Biden that says this guy's a failure, which we know his approval ratings are down in the 30s now, it works the other way, too. The best way to do it is to change the narrative by doing something different, right? Change it just like before. You want to change someone's good reputation? Show them something bad he did, right? Right. That doesn't. It works the other way, too. You want to change a bad reputation? You got to do something different. Show them something different that makes you believe someone's good. Damaging narratives can be flipped and, uh, and can be made positive by doing something different. What's the problem with yesterday's speech? Biden did none of that. He did nothing to change the pre-existing notion that he's a failure. He made no serious policy prescriptions. He didn't apologize for anything. Afghanistan, I make no, he literally said, I make no apologies. Inflation, he offered more of the same of what's causing the inflation. We need to spend more money. We need to go out and pass bill back worse. So if you're a failure because of the things you were doing, and you want to change that, and you just repeat the same things you're doing, that's why you're hearing today a mass condemnation of this speech, even by some on the left. Some, because some like Yamichi Alcindor, I mean, government state propagandists, they're just going to you know, kiss this guy's butt no matter what. I'll show you that in a minute, too. But let's go to some of the takes from this. Here are some of the absurdities. And, and, and keep it, please keep that in mind. Keep in mind what I just said. So your pre-existing notion of this guy based on public polling is that he's a failure, low approval rate. Um, as I play these cuts, I want you to keep in your head, is he doing anything to change that by his answers? Here he's asked a question. I believe it was the first question. Inflation's terrible. Afghanistan, public approval of you very low. You lost Bill back worse. You lost today on dumping the filibuster. You know, do you have anything to say to these people who believe you're a failure? Listen to this and ask yourself, did he change anything? Check this out. Could you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office? And how do you plan to course correct going forward? Why are you such an optimist? Look, I didn't overpromise. And what I have probably uh, outperformed what anybody thought would happen. The fact of the matter is that uh, we're in a situation where. Uh, well, <laughs> you, now you see why I, what I like to do is contextualize things and give you a frame of reference ways to think of this i haven't heard a lot of this on tv yesterday if you were failing and that notion of the people in america based on approval ratings and polling is that you're a total failure you don't want to ignore the failure and then ridiculously claim that not only are you not a failure and that everyone's crazy but that you outperformed expectations you did what it's like you know you're in a 10-person race, right? You finish 10th, a mile and a half in a marathon behind the ninth-place finisher, right? You're not even close. They finish. You're still a mile and a half from the finish line, right? And then you claim, well, I only thought I'd be a mile from the finish line when I finished last in the race, so therefore it's a huge success. And you start doing a victory lap around the medal stand. Everybody's looking at you like, what an idiot. So I ask you again. 
Is that answer to his question doing anything to change your pre-existing notion of the failure Joe Biden is? The answer, even if you're a leftist, I know you listen to my show. I know you do. I get your death threats and stuff. Thanks to, you know, all these leftists that target us, right? Has that changed anything about Joe Biden being a failure? No, I'm not a failure. Matter of fact, you all are crazy, and I outperformed your low expectations of me. Okay. Shockingly, the presser got, that's how it started. It got worse. So we've been told by the communists and the media, screw tube, Twitter, fake book, and otherwise, what we're allowed, not allowed to talk about. We promptly give them the double-barreled, family-friendly middle finger right there, um, and we talk about whatever we want, especially on this show. I don't care. Um, I'm motivated by truth, not by money. So you all can plan a big wet one on my ass. I will talk about whatever I want. But here's just the, you know, it's not a question anymore. Are the media, you know, fake news? You know, the media, they dare question. Like, that's not even it. Of course they're fake news. The only question now, I heard Cernovich uh, say this this morning. So, excuse me, I read him say this this morning. Cernovich said, it's not even a question if they're fake news. It's a question of how long they've been fake. This is a great point. <laughs> how long they've been fake and the degree of fakeness, right? It's not a question of the media fake news. Like, just how long has it been fake? And I thought, yeah, Mike, that's, that's well said. You're absolutely correct. So here you go. The media who's told us, you dare question elections. You're a treasonous, heretic MAGA supporter who should be under FBI investigation, hung by your toes in a prison cell immediately. Which is weird, because here's Joe Biden on video audio right here questioning an election that hasn't even happened yet. And no, by the way, no mass outcry by the media. There's been some. There's been some, but very little outcry by the media. No banning by Twitter. No banning by YouTube. Nothing. Not being sued. Not being sued. Strange. And the election hasn't even happened yet. Here, watch it yourself. Speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. And it's one thing, look, maybe I'm just being uh, too much of an optimist. Remember how we thought not that many people were going to show up to vote in the middle of a pandemic? We had the highest voter turnout in the history of the United States of America. Well, um, I think if, in fact, no matter how hard they make it for minorities to vote, I think you're going to see them willing to stand in line and, and defy the attempt to keep them from being able to vote. I think you're going to see the people we're trying to keep from being able to show up, showing up and making the sacrifice that needs to be made in order to change the law back to what it should be. Um, and, uh, but it's going to be difficult. I, I, I make no bones about that. It's going to be difficult. But we're not there yet. We've not run out of options yet. And we'll see how this moves. Now, I asked you in the beginning to view this from a frame. The frame is this. Again, if your pre-existing notion, I'm sorry to repeat myself, but it's true, is that Biden's a failure, which the majority of Americans believe. Has he done anything in this presser through these answers to change that? So the reason people think Biden's incompetent is because Biden lies. Biden changes his story. Biden's gone way left from the beginning. 
Biden's poorly handled the issues in front of him and is not focused. What about that answer changes that? So let's take one of them. A lot of people don't like Biden because they think he lies and is unfocused. Biden has made his entire first year of his presidency about claiming Donald Trump is treasonous for questioning elections. Biden then, when asked if 2022, which hasn't even happened yet, the election that is, 2022's happened, the election, right? It's in November for the libs listening. Oh, we don't know if it'll be legitimate. Quote, it all depends. You just told us for a year that that's the sign of a treasonous slob who should be thrown into jail or whatever, you media people and lefties. So again, does that, does, does that do anything to change your idea that Biden will say anything at any time for any reason based on the licking the political, uh, licking his finger and detecting the political winds of the day? The answer is, of course it doesn't. Second point, before I get to Kamala Harris, in case you think it was a mistake, they could have corrected this today. Kamala Harris just echoed it. I'll get to that in a second. But one more thing. Biden's a liar. You know it. Pre-existing notion, right? That's why people don't like him. What does he do? He goes and echoes the false voter suppression claims, voter ID, and the GOP's push for voter ID again. I showed you yesterday that's made up. Voter turnout for minorities is near historic highs. He's making it up. Everybody knows it. Minority approval for voter ID is very high, way more than a simple majority. And he knows it, and he just doubles down again. Did he do anything to change the pre-existing notion that he's a failure? The answer is, of course he didn't. He just doubled down on the same things he did before. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. And I want to play a clip of Kamala Harris this morning, who had an opportunity to correct this. I thought you guys were not, were not allowed to question elections. And by the way, you will continue to question whatever we like, including elections, if we think there's shenanigans going on. Okay? We don't take our advice from the left. But watch Harris do the same thing. We'll get to that in a second. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. I've got news for the turkey hunters in our audience. Spring's around the corner, and if you're gearing up for a successful season, you're going to need a couple of things. One of those things is the single-shot turkey camo 12-gauge shotgun made by Henry Repeating Arms. Let's say you're out in the field and you've managed to call a turkey in a range, and now it's time to make your shot count. And you can do that with a Henry shotgun because they're reliable and accurate right out of the box, especially with the turkey choke tube that's included. And if the fully adjustable... Fiber optic sights aren't enough. It's easy to mount a red dot since it's already drilled and tapped. Henry's shotguns, rifles, and revolvers are made in America with the quality craftsmanship that Henry's are famous for. And you'll get a lifetime warranty and a 100% satisfaction guarantee that protects your purchase for generations to come. Make sure you go to their website. It's henryusa.com and order their free catalog. They'll mail it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and free decals. You're going to love these firearms, and you're going to love this company. This is a little bit of a long cut, but it's important because I want to show you how even some media people, Savannah Guthrie, who of all the people on the left, occasionally asks a, a fair question, which is stunning, had Kamala Harris on this morning. Kamala Harris had the opportunity to change course and say, listen, 
We have no reason to believe 2022 is going to be hijacked. That's their stance, folks. They said, oh, don't you dare question elections. Nope. Doubles down on it again. Proving again, these people are liars, lick their fingers, and they'll say anything. She's asked by Savannah, uh, Savannah Gathery, hey, you want to you know, correct this thing? Watch her answer. And makes no corrections at all, doubles down. Check this out. To hear a president question whether our elections will be legitimate. We've heard it before, but not from this president. Is he really concerned that, that we may not have fair and free elections? The president has been consistent on this issue. And the issue at hand, the issue I was there last night uh, in the chamber of the Senate. And the issue is that there are two bills, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the Freedom to Vote Act that have been the, the solution that has been offered to address the fact that around our country, states have put in place laws that are purposely making it more difficult for the American people to vote. Laws which will be felt by at least 55 million Americans, regardless of their party affiliation, their race, their gender, or their geographic location. Well, to the point, though, because so those we bills were clear, debated, and it's, but it's, yeah, the, the, the bills it's, were debated it's, it's, and they didn't pass. If, so I, may the, finish, the specific, if, I, if I may course. finish, but the specific question, if you don't mind, does he think now that these bills haven't been passed, that the 22 midterms won't be legitimate or fair or free? Let's not conflate issues. So what we are looking at and, and the topic of so much debate last night was that we as America cannot afford to allow this blatant erosion of our democracy and in particular the right of all Americans who are eligible to vote to have access to the ballot unfettered. There you go. And. Savannah Guthrie tries to get her on the record. Are you saying we shouldn't trust the 2022 election? I don't get it because you've been telling us that we are, we shouldn't dare ever question election outcomes ever. And now you're doing just that. And she does. So I'll ask you again, has anything changed your preexisting notion that this guy's a failure where 60 plus percent of Americans think we're on the wrong track right now? And the answer is, no, matter of fact, I think Biden's approval ratings will collapse even further after this disastrous presser. He was another enormous mistake. Listen, I do not think we should be involved in a war in Ukraine right now on the uh, eastern border of Ukraine. I've said that repeatedly. However, having said that, you don't, what do they say about uh, uh, foreign policy and uh, other things, if you know what I mean, that they should happen behind closed doors? Right. That's the old adage. There are two things that should happen behind closed doors. One involves, <laughs> if you know what I mean, and the other one involves foreign policy. Here is Joe Biden making a catastrophic, enormous mistake, airing NATO's dirty laundry about Ukraine. Um, and here he says even worse. He makes the point to say, well, if it's just a minor incursion by Russia into Ukraine, basically putting his imprimatur on it like, ah, we're OK with that. That's not only not conducting foreign policy behind closed doors, that's giving Putin like a green light to do whatever he wants. This is just bizarre. Check this out. Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. Don't worry, folks. If it's a minor incursion, it's no big deal. As I said, I am not for a war in Ukraine. I'll be addressing it on my Fox show this Saturday night at 10. It'll be my unfiltered, ununfiltered segment, right? But you don't conduct foreign policy 
out in the public and give up your cards. Whether we're going to go in or not to Ukraine, you don't out that. I've said repeatedly, strategic ambiguity is a thing. It's why Kim Jong-un is so dangerous. Nobody knows what he's going to do. Kim Jong-un doesn't say, hey, guys, that's my last missile test forever. I'm done. But Joe Biden does. Here's where even CNN lost their marbles. I want you to listen to their correspondents. I'm with Jake Tapper. They're a correspondent, one of them on the ground in Ukraine. How the Ukrainians, again, folks, it happens. Mm-hmm. And foreign policy behind closed doors, right? That's the golden rule of diplomacy. Not for Biden. He does it right out in the open, gives up his cards, and apparently didn't even tell the Ukrainians this was his position. So here's what happened. Listen to this correspondent. He's stunned Biden did this. Check this out. Were Biden's remarks interpreted there as a less than wholehearted warning? to Putin to not invade? Uh, well, I mean, that's that's uh, an understatement. I mean, they they watch those remarks, I think, I think with horror. Uh, one uh, Ukrainian official who I've been in close contact with while this marathon press conference is underway said that he was, you know, I'm quoting here, shocked uh, that President Biden would give a green light to Vladimir Putin in this way, um, that the US president would distinguish between an incursion and an invasion, and then suggests that a minor incursion would 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 elicit you know, a lesser response than a more a more full invasion. The big concern, of course, which is what he was alluding to, is that it gives Putin, and this is another quote from me, it said it gives the green light to Putin to enter Ukraine at his pleasure. He don't even know what to say. They watched in horror. Folks, we still need because of global supply chains and other things, we still need decent and good relations with friends in foreign countries. Biden just threw him overboard yesterday, completely threw him overboard. They watched in horror. This is our president. But don't worry, Yamichi Alcindor, she says it was great. I mean, you want to talk about actual state propaganda here. Yamichi Alcindor should never be taken seriously as a journalist. I'm serious, folks. Do it at your own peril. Everything out of her mouth or written should be taken as nothing more than an activist talking point from the left. She's become kind of a punchline to a journalism joke. Here's Yamichi Alcindor yesterday. President Biden, the longest news conference in presidential history, made news. He made news. Joe, that's a big one. Made news. It's a presidential press. Of course, it's going to make news. That's your point. Made news. Push back on critics. Uh, yeah, Yamich, that's what they do in pressers. Called out lies. He called out lies. That's that's hilarious. He called out lies. Took responsibility for mistakes he believes he made. He did? Let me quote Joe Biden. I make no apologies for what I did in Afghanistan. He makes no apologies. So he took responsibility for mistakes. He didn't apologize. There was a mistake. People died. He expressed surprise at the GOP. Gee, that's a stunner. A president expressed surprise at the opposition party. Yamich, this is quality journalism here. And he talked foreign policy and didn't lash out at reporters. Quite the change. Didn't lash out at reporters. Did you hear Phil Wegman ask about his Bill Con- Bull Connor line? Yeah. Well, I did not call him Bill Connor. We have the actual quote. Again, Yamich, you can always count on Yamich Alcindor to run yeah, easily a muttley right there. He's, that's a, a yes. Yeah. Definitely. Even Guy agrees. That's a double. 
But you see how Savannah Guthrie, who, you know, she'll left this too, but asks an actual question, not Yamich, took responsibility for mistakes. Ha! How's inflation? It's terrible. What are we going to do? We're going to print more money. Yes, Yamich, you're right. That's taking responsibility. Good job. Well done. Journalism at its finest. All right, you know what? Let me get to my third sponsor. And I want to get to something I'm very concerned about. I saw this morning on Politico uh, Playbook about Chuck Schumer and the GOP better wake up. You want to play hardball? I told you, cutesy time is over. You want to play cutesy time? Get out of politics. Do not vote for a single candidate in a Republican primary who thinks we're on to cutesy time because we're not. Big show today. You ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris, the action star, world champion, black belt, and U.S. veteran? Well, I saw a video he made. I was shocked. He's in his 80s. He's still kicking butt, working out. He looks amazing. He stays active. I mean, a guy looks like he's in his 40s. What's even more shocking is he's stronger, can work out longer, and he has plenty of energy left over, keeping him sharp and focused. Chuck Norris is able to do all this because he made a simple change. It makes him and his family feel great. He made a special short video, explains everything easily to you. Make sure you check it out today by going to chuckdefense.com slash Bongino. could change the way you think about health. That's chuckdefense.com slash Bongino or text Bongino to 511-511. You won't believe how simple it is. Be prepared to be amazed. The guy seriously looks incredible. That's chuckdefense.com slash Bongino or text Bongino to 511-511. Message and data rate supply. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's a hint. It involves this stuff. It's really good. So I saw this this morning on Politico, which is a total left-wing rag. They described, uh, you know, the the bill, uh, the filibuster efforts yesterday too to advance voting rights. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody's voting rights are being attacked. That is a political activism statement. It's not a journalism statement. Politico gave up journalism a long time ago, but because they the the left kisses their ass at Politico, they do get some inside baseball sometimes. So they're talking about Chuck Schumer's quote long game. And they asked, you know, I've asked too. I said, hey, you know, why pursue this mathematically impossible strategy of trying to dump the filibuster? The filibuster requires uh, 60 votes to get something passed in the Senate to overcome a filibuster. To change the rules, they needed 51. Yesterday, uh, Kirsten Sinema from Arizona and Joe Manchin from West Virginia would not go along with the Democrats and change the rules on the filibuster. So that is now effectively dead. Chuck Schumer knew that. So people have been asking around uh, the D.C. circuit, why would Chuck Schumer do this? Well, number one, he's going to be primaried probably by AOC. So he had to show his leftist bona fides. We're going to dump the filibuster. But second, this was an interesting point. Playbook says their colleagues write that Schumer, quote, has set the table for a future majority with a slightly bigger margin, whether it's Democrat or Republican, to follow through where he fell short and perhaps go further. Here's the gist of this, and here's what I think they're getting at here. They are going to change the filibuster rules of Democrats in the future when they do have more votes to overcome Cinema and Mansion, no matter what. So my question to the Republicans is, well, what are you doing about this? You know, I don't think we should commit to not changing the filibuster rules. I think that's a mistake. I said earlier in the week, you heard the show, that if the Democrats want to dump the filibuster and make it a simple majority in the Senate, then we should beat them to the punch and do it first. They're already going to do it. They already voted on it. So I don't understand. I mean, think about rules. Rules aren't rules if rules only apply to one side. So the rules for the Democrats are going to be what? That when they get the majority, they're just going to simple, they're going to make it a simple majority to pass their big signature issue. So the Democrats, their rule, right, fellas, their rule is going to be 51 votes, Mm -hmm. but our rule is going to be we need 60 votes. And you think that's smart political strategy. 
And you think that, why? No, we have to look like uh, we're standing higher on the moral totem pole than the left. What are you, an idiot? So you self-destruct your entire piece of legislation? The Democrats have already said, we don't support 60 votes, we support 51. Okay, great. When Republicans are in charge, they should immediately dump the filibuster. Why, why, why are we waiting for them first? They already said that's what they're going to do. Showing you, by the way, too, how Twitter is not a serious platform. Twitter is a publisher. It is an editorializing, not only left-wing, but far left-wing publisher. I woke up this morning. I go all around the internet to find my stories. I like to see what they're doing on Twitter's homepage because I am a, a part owner in alternative technologies that believe in free speech, unlike Twitter. The bans people for saying what Joe Biden said yesterday, that elections are no good, right? Here's Twitter's homepage yesterday. Senate Republicans block voting rights legislation from proceeding. <laughs> okay, number one, that's not what happened. Yesterday's vote was on the filibuster and changing it for the rules. Yesterday's vote was not on the voting rights legislation. They won't. See, that would be a matter of fact. Twitter doesn't do fact. It's not a platform. It's a publisher. It's no different than the New York Times. It should have no Section 230 protections whatsoever. And again, they didn't block voting rights legislation. It was about the filibuster. But even the legislation that would have led from this vote if the filibuster had been scrapped had is, was not about voting rights. It had nothing to do with voting rights. Nobody's rights are being challenged. No one. That is an opinion. That is not a statement of fact. Twitter is a publisher. They are not a platform. That is an editorialized statement. No one's voting rights are being challenged. The same rights you had yesterday, you will have tomorrow. Nobody's rights are being challenged. The Democrats wanted to hijack federal elections and make them all federal through the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And they wanted to institute preclearance, meaning your locality would have to ask the federal government to change their voting rules. Because why? The federal government and interest groups want to sue every locality that institutes voter ID or has to trim up voting locations because of staff. That's what this is about. It has nothing to do with voting rights. That is an editorialized statement. But that's what Twitter does. Politico and uh, Axios had the exact same thing. Democrats uh, vote for, uh, you know, Republicans stop voting rights legislation. You see how these people, they're scammers again. It's, it, Cernovich was right. It's not that the media is fake. Politico, Axios, Yamich. We know they're fake. The question is how long have they been fake and the marginal degree of their fakeness. The question that they're fake is answered, asked and answered. Okay. Um, I want to get to these uh, five problems for Biden. Listen, I am not a fan of Larry Sabato. He is a leftist hack of the highest order. He's really, you know, his commentary has gone off the deep end. But he brought up these five problems for Biden and showing how I'm willing to accept a decent idea, even if it comes from a uh, total hack on the other side. But they're not willing um, to do the same to entertain any ideas we may have. Sabato brought up these five problems for Biden moving forward, and I agree with him. After the disastrous performance last night, after the failure of their efforts to scrap the filibuster, he's got some issues. Issue number one. It's not that Biden's approval ratings are low. Yeah, that's a problem. It's that Biden's approval ratings are now consistently low and holding. And what did I tell you to open the show to tie it together? When a political narrative sets in that you're a failure, 
you can turn it around. The first year Reagan's presidency, first couple of years were tough. And then we had the morning in America ad. The problem with Biden is his failures keep adding up. So it's not that the approval ratings are low. That happens to a lot of presidents. It's that he, there's really no path for him at this point to turn it around. Why? How do I know that? Why would you say something like that? Because I played for you the audio from his presser. He just wants to repeat the same failures again. And he doesn't even think Afghanistan, he should apologize for it. Second. So first problem, approval ratings are low. Second problem is minority voters coalition is falling apart. Democrats can't get elected without this coalition, folks. Younger women, younger voters, um, basically single moms, minority voters. This is their thing. This is their coalition to win. Sorry, I said that like that was the, that, I said that like there was another. Usually you have to do a throw. That's their coalition to win. If the Democrats start losing significant swaths of the minority vote, like they're doing with the Hispanic, Hispanic community, and to a smaller, much smaller degree, but they're still losing voters uh, who happen to be black, black voters as well. The coalition's not there. They can't win. They can, middle class voters are moving in droves, which is the biggest chunk of voters, over to the Republican Party, as we see from polls. So problem number two, he's losing minority voters. His coalition to win an election completely collapses. Problem number three, the GOP's gaining. They're winning elections. There was a route in Virginia. There was a route in New Jersey where they almost took the governor's mansion too. And folks, when you win elections, love it or hate it, I'm not asking you to approve or disapprove. I'm just telling you the facts. I wish it weren't the case, but once you get elected, you have power. You can start to grease the skids, take care of local interest groups. I'm not telling you it's right. I'm just telling you the facts. The reason incumbents are so powerful is because they have power to help people who can later vote for them. The GOP has now won elections in Virginia and New Jersey and are prepared to rout them in 2022, which does not bode well at all because the power of incumbency will be increased as we get more incumbents. Number four, inflation's going to soon uh, is out of control now is going to get even worse. I see it getting no better because Biden doesn't even see it as a problem. He wants to double down. Inflation's a kitchen table issue. It affects every one of us, ladies and gentlemen. There are issues you can think about esoterically, like, oh, you know, climate change is 50 years away. And then there's an issue that affects you today. If you can't afford food and gas, you're in trouble. Inflation crushed the presidency of Jimmy Carter, as Joe remembers well. I was young. Oh, yeah. I was young. But inflation destroyed Jimmy Carter's presidency. Awful. It's getting no better. Decimated. Stagflation under that. Thing. And five, the reason number five, according to Sabato, is Biden's just entirely unfocused right now. Instead of sm focusing on small things, uh, you know, Americans largely agree on, right? Getting control of the supply chain, inflation, all that stuff, price of gas. He's not. He's totally unfocused. Talking about all kinds of nonsense. The Build Back Worse plan he's trying to relitigate. You know, voting rights, air quotes, have nothing to do with voting rights. The guy's all over the place. That's why he's going to continue to fail. Don't like Sabato. The analysis, though, however, is pretty sound. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. I want to show you a super, a super cut of how the fake news, again, uh, just uh, going back to Cernovich's point, it's not that they're fake, it's how fake and how long they've been fake. I want you to see how it exactly works and how the liberals, the media, and the academic symbiote, the censorship symbiote, are all working together right now to turn this into a uh, you know, pseudo-Soviet Union and censor conservatives. It's really, really scary stuff. Do you know that studies show that high blood pressure is the number one risk factor for mortality and one in two adults have high blood pressure? That's a 50-50 chance you're a walking time bomb. 
But you, not Big Pharma, can take control of your blood pressure with the help of 120 Life. 120 Life is a blend of great-tasting superfruit juices, and it's formulated with ingredients that have been shown to naturally help control high blood pressure and are endorsed by thousands of health professionals. Try it yourself, risk-free, with their two-week trial pack. Go to 120life.com and use the code DAN to save 15% and receive free shipping. They're so sure that 120 Life can noticeably lower your blood pressure in two weeks that they'll give you your money back if you're not satisfied. You got nothing to lose but those high blood pressure numbers. Go to 120life.com, that's 120life.com, and use code DAN to save 15%. This is serious. It's your life we're talking about. 120 Life can help you. These statements have not been approved by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I just wanted to show you again the, 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 how the, the here's, here's the liberal media, not liberal media, liberal slash media slash academia symbio. It is, it is a venom-like Eddie Brock organism, this cancerous symbiote that is growing in an effort to engage in full-blown censorship, anti-First Amendment activism in the United States. I read this article this morning at this hack site, Media Post, but I follow it because, again, it shows you how the media and people like these leftist activist groups who used to be all in on free speech are now all in on censorship. Here, quote, leading scientists call on advertising and PR firms to stop the spread of climate disinformation. What does that really mean, folks? That means if you dare to question the fact that the world is going to end in 10 years, you should be banned from the internet, not allowed to speak. Again, scientists, liberals, the media, and academia, scientists, you just are all in on censorship. Folks, you have to understand the terrain features of the fight ahead. I would never in my prior line of work walk a protectee into an area I didn't know it was there. If you think for a minute we are dealing anymore with actual liberals in the traditional sense and meaning of the word, you are insane. We are now dealing with full-blown censorship activists fully in on the socialist agenda. Here, you want to see how fake news spreads and why the media wants censorship? Because they love fake news. Like The question only is how long they've been fake and what degree. They love fake news. Their monopoly's broken. My show gets a million viewers, listeners a day. The Fox show gets between a million five and two million. The radio show reaches eight and a half million. You've got others out there as well with massive audiences, Rogan, Shapiro, and others. They hate it. They hate it that their monopoly has not only been broken, but that my reach is a, is a geometrically larger function of theirs. They hate it. So their response is to try to censor us because they want fake news like this to spread. So remember the, the story you heard the other day that I told you the Bongino uh, rule, you had to wait 24 to 72 hours. Neil Gorsuch, Supreme Court Justice, conservative constitutionalist, didn't want to wear a mask around Sotomayor. She has diabetes. She could have died. Oh, my. I told you to wait on the story because it was probably BS. Turns out the story was BS. All of them come out and said the story's totally made up. But Nina Totenberg from NPR said it. Oh, they're fake news. Of course they said it. It's made up. Here's the story. The story's been entirely eviscerated. Everyone involved has discredited the story. Sotomayor, Gorsuch, and John Roberts. Here's a supercut, hat tip, Grabian, the great Tom Elliott. Here is a supercut of liberal media people 
again, mad that we discredited it, trying to uh, push this obvious Pravda propaganda. Check this out. Tragically, anti-mask insanity has now reached the highest court in the land. Neil Gorsuch is prioritizing his right to be a tool over protecting Sonia Sotomayor's life. Gorsuch loves COVID, which makes him the perfect, perfect Republican. He thinks very little of coronavirus precautions. Gorsuch has the nerve to refuse to wear a mask indoors while seated next to his colleague who's vulnerable to possible death from a highly communicable disease. Where's the collegiality? Where's the common sense? That just seems ridiculous. Can you put a mask on to be polite? What kind of workplace is this? It's not hard. Justice Gorsuch had to know that this would become a public controversy. Um, And so I think he did this as a branding opportunity. What's up with Justice Gorsuch? If all of the other, including all of the other conservative members of the court, are willing to go along with this, why not him? Every other justice is masking up, even Clarence Thomas, who doesn't seem to care about anybody. But nope, not Gorsuch. Sorry, Sebastian Gorka was good man, good friend. Was just texting me. He's got my friend Matt Palumbo on, which is great about his book about George Soros. Thank you, Sebastian. You see what happens there, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't want to just go on and on. The story's fake. I don't know what else to tell you. Gorsuch denied it. Sotomayor's denied it. John Roberts has denied it. It's not a real thing. It didn't happen. It doesn't matter to the media. They just make stuff up. The PP tape, Russian collusion. Nicholas Sandman, Juicy Smollett, Bubba Wallace Media. It doesn't matter to them. They just make it up. And they don't care. We showed you the poll, right, guys, earlier in the week. But it's 67% of people don't trust the media to tell them the truth. Gee, you wonder why. The story is totally made up. And that is the genesis of the media slash liberal slash academia symbiote. They're upset that we are beating them at the truth game. They like to lie. We like to correct them and they hate it. So their inclination is to censor you rather than debate ideas. They can't defend because they don't want to be embarrassed. Listen to me. It's no more complicated than that. They wanted this story to be real about Gorsuch. And when we embarrassed them, they didn't like the embarrassment. So their inclination is to say, stop them from talking. No more complicated than that. Speaking of another fake news story, I'm begging and imploring you to please not fall for this. This is another fake news effort to draw a divide in the Republican Party. And I really can't believe the degree to which some people on our side are falling for this. New York Post, Julia Grace Brufke. Trump says he has a very good relationship with Ron DeSantis amid rumors of a feud. Ladies and gentlemen, the media is desperate right now to throw gasoline on on a fire and start a feud between Ron DeSantis and Trump. It's the media doing this. Listen to me. I'm not dropping names. You know, I don't do that. I hate it. Hey, look at me. I'm so important. I know people. It's goofy. It's clownish. It's childish. But in this case, it matters. I know both of these men and their staffs. They're not best friends of mine. I don't go out drinking with them, but I know them. I campaigned hard for Ron DeSantis. Was at many events with him. You can see the pictures on my Instagram if you'd like. I've campaigned hard and believe in Donald Trump as well. I know them pretty well. I know their staffs pretty well. This is made up. 
Is are there going to be differences between the two on things, folks? They're two human beings. I mean, really, I I love Guy. Guy works here. Guy's a valuable asset. I love Joe's worked with me forever. After the show, we how was the show? Sometimes all three of us disagree. Joe will say it was okay. I'll be like, ah, it was great. And Guy will be like, ah, it sucked. Sometimes the other way around. Guy will say, I like the show. Joe will be like, eh. And I'll be like, nah, that show was terrible. It happens all the time. It doesn't mean I don't like them. It doesn't mean there's a blood feud. The media wants this to happen. They are trying to turn the MAGA crowd against DeSantis and the DeSantis crowd against Trump. Don't fall, Don't play the game. Take all the stories about disagreeing, and they're going to happen with a grain of salt. DeSantis is an asset to Trump, and Trump is an asset to DeSantis. Ron's campaign benefited unquestionably from a Trump endorsement, and Trump will benefit from the great things DeSantis is doing for the country. Stop. Everybody stop the nonsense. Let the liberal media play their games. Do not spread the stories around. They're clownish. It's another Gorsuch mask story. You see what they're doing? What's that? Oh, they're terrified. Great. They're terrified of both of them, the media. Trump and DeSantis. You don't see what they're doing? Don't, please don't fall for this. You know, there's a great article at Conservative HQ about this. Forgive me, I don't have the title in front, but it's about this fake divide between the two. Richard Vigieri site. Forgive me for saying your name wrong, Richard. I'm sorry. It's just, it's such a good article about this too. Check it out. It's fake. Don't fall for it. All right. Um, last story of the day, because it's an important one. Folks, do not fall for this scam either. The Iran deal. We don't talk about a lot of foreign policy on the show. We should do more of it. Biden is pushing for a new, even worse Iran deal. You want to talk about a runway to getting a nuclear weapon. It practically, through its, uh, through its concessions, practically incentivizes Iran to get a nuclear bomb. Now, you may be saying to yourself, why would the Biden administration be pushing to do business with a country who is, uh, you know, proudly chants death to America? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the journal uh, nails it. And don't forget it. Why does Biden want an Iran deal? One reason and one reason only. Oil. Oil? I thought they hated oil. No, no, no. They don't hate oil. They only hate oil when the price of oil goes up and it affects them politically. And then they love oil. Here, the Wall Street Journal, Elon Berman. Inflation gives Biden an incentive for a bad Iran deal. It says the reason that he wants this Iran deal has to do with oil. As the U.S. Energy Administration has noted, oil prices rose basically dramatically in 2021. Today, the price of crude is nearly $85 a barrel. The surge has been a significant driver of Biden's plummeting popularity. The surge in the price of oil. Administration officials are desperate to find a way to lower prices and reduce what Americans are paying at the pump. Iran could provide a part of the solution they are seeking. They have millions of barrels waiting. So just to be clear, if you're waking up this morning as a liberal Democrat, you're principled, right? You believe that? You look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, yes, I'm principled. You do? So you believe oil is the enemy and is causing climate change and the earth is going to end in 10 years. So much so you should censor the opponents, right? I just showed you that media post article, right? Censor everyone who says otherwise. And yet the minute oil prices go up and it damages you politically, you want Iranian oil to be flowing into the United States because inflation, which you caused by spending all this money we don't have and printing it, is causing the price of oil to go up. Okay. Sounds legit to me. And you're principled, right? You're principled people. <laughs> Clown. You see, I am principled. And the Iranians suck. So does their death to America. The Iranian leadership. A lot of people there want freedom, too. The Iranian leadership sucks. 
and they hate us and they're terrorists and would kill us tomorrow. And I don't want their damn oil. Not the left. They're not principled. Be proud of yourself. We are. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for the explosive growth. We've added tens of thousands of new followers on my Rumble account, and I deeply appreciate it. Rumble.com slash Bongino. I have an announcement about YouTube coming next week. We are now on day five of their suspension for speaking the truth about masks. And don't miss my show Unfiltered on Fox Saturday at 10. Uh, we'll have Leo Terrell on for the first time in the A block. Me and Leo always have a good time. We also have a true crime segment. You're not going to miss that. And yes, Guy has given me the... Uh, the, uh, the mark here. Questions for tomorrow's show. If you want to submit a question, we take questions tomorrow on the show. It's very simple. Go to my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino, and just comment on today's video. Say question for tomorrow. And go to my Locals account. Download the Locals app. Common spelling, Locals. I'm at Bongino on Locals. And I will put a post up that says questions and just answer right there. Thanks again, folks. I'll see you on tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.